Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, August the 6th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have Dr. Lauren Latanza dropping some knowledge on all of you guys, answering a ton of questions that popped in from Instagram, Facebook, and our email blast out as well. But before I jump into that, real quick reminder, our 47-day transformation is kicking off here in just over 24 hours. So if you guys are listening, it's August the 6th. We're going to close registration sometime Saturday night, August the 7th. So if you want to get down the site, 47daytransformation.com, if you guys are really interested you can hit us up and get a podcast discount code. You got to do it quick, though. And I'll try to check all the messages that pop in here to the site or Instagram, Facebook, YouTube within the next 24 hours. Again, if you're looking to do something where you want to make a massive change, and not just 47 days, but literally learn a foundation of skills you guys can take with you for the next 47 months or even 47 years, if you're going to live that long, this would be the program for you. We coach you every step of the way. Obviously, the workouts are going to rip your face off in the the most polite, healthy way possible. We'll walk you guys through macros, how to eat real food, and just kind of break some of the shitty habits you have in your life. So again, if you're interested, hit us up for the discount code. Otherwise, just log on to 47dtransformation.com. The link is also in our Instagram bio, and you guys can get rocking and rolling with us. This is the last time we're running it for this year. So if you want in, now is the time. And also, you guys already know the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys know it's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss. I've been on the road quite a bit this month, and I always take the travel packs with me. Just like you guys, it's hard to eat 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. I never really do that. I don't think my stomach can honestly handle the digestion of that much broccoli, and nobody wants to be around that. So the easy way to kind of cover the gaps in my nutrition, I take a pack, I rip it, throw it in water, and I'm good to go. And honestly, all of you guys have drinking much worse stuff than this. Like when you're in college and you're taking shots of like the Four Horsemen, if you guys know what I'm talking about, like that's like a half ounce of Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Johnny Walker, and Jose Cuervo. That shit's disgusting and is terrible for you. Athletic Greens tastes way better than that, and it's good for you. So if you guys are looking to kind of stop taking 18 different pills and get something that is going to help you with your energy, your immune system, gut health, get you all your micronutrients, and there's a probiotic in there, this would be the thing I would take. The site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. If you want to check it out, Right now, we'll give you guys a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. And if you're really on the fence and you've heard me talk about it 8,000 times, or maybe this is the first time you've heard me ramble on about it, hit us up. I'll have Monica send a pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country you live in. We probably sent out 300 packs this year alone. I'm happy to do that. Is anybody else going to do that? No, but we're fucking crazy here. And that's how much I believe in it. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for the year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Or hit us up and we'll get you a free sample. That's a mouthful. Okay, so um, we have Dr. Lauren Latanza here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Glad to be here. Yes. So, doctor of naturopathic medicine. So, for the people listening who have no clue what the hell that means, this is kind of giving me our, your basic backstory, who you are, what you do, why we went this route, and whatever else you want to share. 
Right. So I either get uh, what or that's awesome when I say I'm a doctor of naturopathic medicine. So naturopathic medicine is, you know, a four-year doctorate degree. And I'm essentially trained in, I would say, like Eastern and Western holistic medicine. Um, so we know that there is absolutely a place for all kinds of medicine. There's people that need to be on different sorts of pills and pharmaceuticals and need to have certain procedures. But largely, um, a lot of those are preventable. So we help identify the root causes of disease and uh, modify these risk factors. And rather than simply masking symptoms, kind of getting to the bottom of it and preventing uh, diagnoses downstream. So that's what I went with. I felt um, kind of called to it after my undergrad. I wanted to go into medicine, but I wanted to do it in a more holistic way. So now here we are. So when you started doing it and you're like, well, I maybe want to be a doctor, which is super hard, obviously, to do. What At what point were you like, this is the path I want to go versus just the, the traditional, I guess, path of medicine? Yeah, so I got my undergrad in psychology and physiology. So that alone kind of tied this whole mind-body medicine into my brain. So I knew that I wanted to do something other than just write scripts all day. I wanted to help people, but I didn't want to just be like, oh, you need to take this pill. There's more to it than that. So I knew that uh, going forward, I would want to explore more options. I was a chiropractic assistant for a while, kind of delved into the whole um, natural world of healing. Um, So I worked with a really great functional chiropractor, and then that just kind of opened my eyes into naturopathic medicine and came to find that there was Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, essentially in my own backyard, um, down in Tempe, Arizona. So went there, and the rest is history. And what is the like the biggest difference, education-wise? I guess like from a, I mean you don't got to go super nuanced, but like your schooling versus the guy that works at you know just Banner as, right. a, as a general just practitioner. Right. So we spend a lot of hours in nutrition, which they get very, very little nutrition education. Um, We spend a lot of time with botanical medicine. So a lot of herbal, um, herbal medicines that have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years, Um, healing, you know, the gut. So kind of a different ideology entirely, but I also do um, acupuncture. So traditional Chinese medicine is encompassed in that. So just, I like to say that I was trained in a four-year doctorate degree, but I just have walked away with that from that with a bigger toolbox and like acupuncture i've never had it myself people some people here swear by it and some people here like "Eh, it doesn't do a lot like probably like most things yeah what is the biggest benefit if someone comes in or who's a candidate for acupuncture some of my main that i've seen the most benefit from are actually high blood pressure anxiety depression and insomnia really yeah so so how does it work i come in and i'm like i'm stressed out like crazy yeah and what would be the protocol from there? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely individualized, but if um, if it's something that's affecting your your mentality about things, or maybe the sleeplessness is contributing to the anxiety, um, so there's a lot of different factors. But um, Chinese medicine has really a different approach to diagnosing than Western medicine, so it's all kind of everything that you learned about medicine in general, you have to unlearn to appreciate Chinese medicine. That makes sense. And what makes the, like your, your practice different than the traditional, I guess, medicine route, or even the, 
the other naturopaths that are probably, because I'm sure you guys all have a different philosophy and ideology mm -hmm. when it comes to certain things. Yeah, I think we all are going for the root cause of disease. Um, but within that comes a lot of different perspectives. So at Natural Heart Doctor, we want to help patients get to have a 100-year-old heart. And we use specialty testing and holistic medicine and um, holistic medicine encompassing that you are more than just a collection of organs. You're not just a heart. You're not just a liver. You're not just whatever diagnosis you carry. You are a whole person. So using holistic medicine and personalizing a treatment that works for you. Which makes a lot of sense to me. And even when you say we want to fix like the root cause of what's going on and not just put a, we say put a bandaid on a gunshot mm -hmm. wound here. Mm -hmm. That's my problem with dieting in general. And we've done a podcast on why I think meal plans suck because mm -hmm. I don't think you teach people anything. It just gives them something to do. And I don't mind like those things for kickoffs and like and have an outline to follow. But the minute like life happens, that meal plan is dog shit. Your kid gets sick. You got to stay late at work. You're traveling. Now you can't follow it and you've not learned any skills. So when people come to you guys and I'm not, I'm not bagging on, I'm a fan of all kinds of medicine. Like, do I think drugs work? Yeah, I've done drugs. They certainly fucking work <laughs> for sure. Good. We're both good and bad. But there's better ways sometimes to do things. And I, I don't know if this is a, I think this is accurate. I believe America and I think New Zealand are the only two countries where you can run commercials of pharmaceutical drugs. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I don't think there's any other countries that even allow that. And I'm not against pharmaceuticals. Obviously, the, the drugs exist. Some people need them for certain things. But I think there is, we can probably agree, an over-prescription and abuse of them mm -hmm. for most people. Oh, yeah. And when you guys see people, and like I'm sure your take on it is is different than a lot of people, but it seems like people who go in and get on a drug for uh, if it's high blood pressure or if they have you know some kind of heart, they're on that shit forever. Yeah. So what are we really fixing? Right. And so that's where the root cause comes in. It's why why is your blood pressure high? Is it because you have a crappy diet? Is it because you're so inflamed from your diet? Do you have leaky gut that's providing your body this level of inflammation? Do you hate your spouse and you're just chronically irritated and that's giving you high blood pressure, you know, there's so many variables. So that's why it has to be a specified treatment to every individual. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, drugs work. If you've dabbled, you know, they work and they're, they're pretty quick acting. So if somebody comes in and their blood pressure is 200 over 110, they're getting a pharmaceutical. Um, but it's, it's not a permanent fix. So we have the you know, as naturopathic doctors, we have the capability to utilize those when they're necessary. And we can, I would say that's why my job is so great is that I give people hope. So a lot of people come in and they say, I was told I'm going to be on this forever. And I can tell them, well, that's not true. You know, not every case that you have to stay on lisinopril for the rest of your life when we can backpedal, figure out what's going on by diet, some supplements here, or there, leaving things out of your life. Um, we can normalize your blood pressure. So when somebody comes in, like your general demographic population, this person is probably already, you're probably not the first stop, no. I'd imagine. Uh, I would say I have a pretty good spread of people that come in, they carry a diagnosis already. I've got atrial fibrillation. I've got whatever it might be, diabetes. Um, but then I also have the people that are the family members of people that have these diagnoses. And they say, I saw them go down this road and I don't want that for me. How can I get ahead of that? This is in my genetics. How can I s turn that switch off? So you may have heard that term thrown around epigenetics. 
you've got this set of genes, you can consider it like light switches. Is it turned on or turned off by your environment? So we just kind of mitigate some of the risk factors and tone down some of the diagnoses that you might end up with downstream. So that's somebody who maybe their mom has XYZ mm -hmm. and they come in and they're like, well, I'm, I'm I guess, predisposed to having this shit in my life and I want to do, be, be proactive with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in my family ended up with diabetes. How do I not? Well, stay away from bread. <laughs> like don't eat eight pieces of bread every single day so there's see now the people who love bread are gonna be like oh this, i know this fucking this lady, lady or, this lady right now uh well so, so who do you get i guess the biggest demo you guys serve on average um or is it everybody a little bit of everybody i mean our may we will take anybody with a heart so i mean i would see anybody with a heart a lot of it like i said i would say probably half and half is preventative and half is people that are like oh crap i'm on this pill and i don't want to be so what are my other options? Tell me I have other options. I heard there might be some. And then that's where this hope piece comes in. So we can offer some hope. And then we talked about this before too. Like you guys differ from, you know, the normal hospital you go to where it just comes in, they run your insurance, click your copay, and you just kind of, you kind of go that route. You guys are more, you don't do that. Nah. Insurance doesn't love us because we are in the business of healthcare and not sick care and that's not to, you know, bash modern medicine because it certainly has a place and it's there when we need it. But, um, yeah, for typical, it's cash pay because what we typically recommend is changes in diet, lifestyle, some supplementation, some specialty testing to figure out some root cause stuff. So, no, you, insurance, maybe some local labs if you're um, here in Arizona. But for patients that I see across the country, uh, it's usually just cash pay. Because insurance, there's no money in it. No. Is that right? There's no money in being healthy. Which is, I mean, it's, we've talked about this from this podcast, which is fucking crazy to say, but it's, well, it's like the whole world, right? Like if, if we did things, I don't want to say right and wrong. I'm not judging anybody for your life choices, but if we were all super healthy, there's no money mm -mm. in hospitals. I mean, there is, but very little, mm -hmm. there's no money in pharmaceuticals. If we didn't all leverage debt, like fucking crazy, there's no money for mm -hmm. the credit card companies. There's no money for the banks if we did it right. So it makes sense to me. When you say that, but it's really just strange where like you have insurance, I want to go somewhere to a qualified medical person who can actually help me and fix me, but you guys don't want to pay for it. Yeah. And you're not going to put them on something. And even if they are like, you'd put them on, Hey, take vitamin D until you're dead, which <laughs> costs like three bucks. It's not like these high, you know, end pharmaceuticals, which is crazy. Right. What is the, the biggest issue you probably see or like the top two or three things that people who come in from the general public, like their issue is diabetes or it is high blood pressure or it's something different. Well, even with just the two things that you mentioned and basically the, when you boil it down a large kind of root cause for the stem of all chronic disease is inflammation. So it's up to us to figure out where the source of that inflammation is coming from. So is it through your diet? Is it through um, your environment? You know, do you live, under Sky Harbor flight path? Do you um, maybe live next to a farm that's blowing a lot of pesticides? Um, do you have mold growth in your home? Are you ingesting a bunch of pesticides and hormones from the meat and the vegetables that you're eating, even if you're trying to be healthy? So it's hard to uh, avoid, but we, like, I would say I try to help my patients navigate that. So inflammation, like some inflammation the body needs. Mm -hmm. Like 
Otherwise, if you got a disease, you basically would drop fucking dead. Right. So you need some. You're talking like the chronic stuff. Exactly. And w- if you, is there a general idea of where most of it comes from from people? I'm assuming diet has to be a huge factor. Diet's a huge factor. So that's largely where we start is so we sit down. I say, okay, what's your diet like? Um, do you follow any specific dietary patterns? Um, and what's the answer for most people? No. <laughs> no. They eat like shit. Yeah. A standard American diet is called just that for a reason. It's unfortunate, but a standard American diet is just absolutely awful and a major contributor for the inflammation that I see. Because you probably have some people who come in who eat like no real food. Oh, yeah. Or like very little. Right. Because I think that the obesity numbers is what, 42% of adults mm-hmm. in America, I think, are obese, which is... that I'm talking obese, not just overweight. Right. Like that's fucking crazy yeah. to say that. And so someone will come in, obviously they're overweight, you guys can tell, and I'm I'm trying to say this as nicely as I can. People will come in here and they're like, Jeremy, I don't eat like shit. And they're not 400 pounds. Like, I can tell you don't eat like complete shit. I mean, Mm -hmm. genetically, there's anomalies. Some people are ectomorphs, you can get lucky. But on average, if you come in and you're like, I'm 400 pounds and I eat perfect, it's probably not true. Right. Like, you can almost see the writing on the wall. So if someone comes in, they're like, well, I feel like shit, here's what's going on. How do you, like, how does the assessment process work? Well, the general public information on dietary patterns, well, like, if we look back at the food pyramid that we yes, saw growing up. the food pyramid is Horrifying. Shit. What was at the bottom? Grains. Grains. It's like six to 11 servings a day. So much inflammation. So it's like, I, I mean, just cut off that entire piece of the pyramid and then maybe we'd have a start. So I would say that's just misinformation out there, miseducation of the masses has led to this epidemic of obesity um, and inflammation. And I can say with people that are obese and they are overweight, it's cutting gluten out of your, like, even if it's just cutting wheat out, like grains would be all good to go. But, you know, people, whatever they're saying that I suck still. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, I'm not anti-grains, but they don't need to be and this is people go crazy too because we talk macros here a ton and we do body composition because mm-hmm. everybody wants to look like you know beyonce mm-hmm. and brad pitt from troy i get it <laughs> but their carbohydrates are just the most easily overeaten macronutrient uh-huh. and, and i'm not vilifying them you need them they're the easiest energy source of the body you can get by without them honestly because there's no essential carbohydrates but they're just it's just easier to do but there is if you eat quality grains for some people you will be okay like if it's like the ezekiel products like i have no issue with them if it's real oatmeal or like real rice the problem is the quantity is so fucking much Mm -hmm. and when you look at that i do think they have a new food pyramid i think it's called like my food pyramid i haven't seen it it's probably still bullshit but the bottom one like six to eleven servings or when you look at the fda's like which is a whole different conversation when you look at their outline on food i think like the normal 2000 calorie diet a day or 2500 the carbohydrates are between like 250 and like 300 (laughs) i'm somebody can fact check me if i'm wrong but it's close to that now i'm a pretty big dude and i'm pretty fit if i eat 300 carbs a day i'd be fat as shit yeah like i would feel like and i would feel like garbage too brain fog yeah and so when the people come in is is just because there's no they're just not educated is that a huge part of what they're doing yeah absolutely and and that's what you know don't take my word for it cut gluten out of your out of your plate for a week and watch even just overnight watch like a pound or two come down just from the level of inflammation that you're taking out of that picture because i don't think a lot of the food when you say and again if it's grains 
most of the greens people are eating are not the quality ones. Right. They're processed. And that's what I think the conversation is with people. They'll say, well, Jeremy said never eat this. It's not what I'm saying. Like, right. We li- I like the Ezekiel products. And like, trust me, like I like cinnamon rolls. I like fucking pizza too. But I feel like shit when I eat them. Mm-hmm. And there is like the sprouted grains and the organic stuff that they do is going to be different than you eating your Jimmy Dean's fucking breakfast sausage. Yeah. And you have to know that. But even for that, most people, we prescribe, you know, we say if you looked at every meal that you ate and you took a, an iPhone photo of it like a weirdo like we all do. And it's like if it was protein, produce, and water, like you're probably doing okay. Yeah. But most people don't operate that way. No. Which is crazy to me. No, there's a large section of these simple carbohydrates that it's just essentially turns into sugar, which just fuels the inflammation. And that's why you feel like crap. So if you order, you know, a crappy, cheapy pizza, that's why you feel like crap. It's because it's inflammation. It gets to your brain. You wake up swollen. Like you're just not... You're not, you know, it's not your optimal wellness. That's for sure. It's crazy you say that because like we, um, crumble cookies, Mm -hmm. if you've ever been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The cookies are amazing, by the way. Um, They're fucking terrible for you. (laughs) But I remember I'd never been to one and then I went to one and I'm like, this is my two cents. I'm like, usually big cookies I think suck. And I went there. I'm like, I'll try them though. First of all, they are amazing. Um, it's carbohydrates held together by butter and sugar, which yeah. is wonderful. And like, and they're they're huge though too. They're like this thick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like deep down like the fattest person who's ever lived. So I could eat four of them at one time. I remember the first time I probably ate almost all four. And not only does it like wreck my entire like digestive system for days, which is a f- complete fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I woke up the next day and my face was like swollen. Yeah. Like I felt like my face was puffy. Like I had got punched in the face. Yeah. And that's just like instant. I'm sure there's water retention there, like your glycogen is high, but then the inflammation in your body. Yeah. What happens like when someone is eating like that consistently? Leaky gut. And leaky gut turns into leaky heart, leaky brain, leaky vessels. I mean, it's just all this inflammation that is surging and it's kind of fueling it. So your body is sending out these cytokines, these messages that's lighting everything up and you're just inflamed. Your system is like on fire and it can start easily from your gut and you know talking about that just leaving things out of your diet alone can quell a good amount of inflammation so when someone comes in and they're eating like trash or maybe they have even like diabetes for the most part like you can you have diabetes it's not going to go away but you can basically make it where it's not an issue in your life by dietary changes is that correct absolutely i mean you you don't have to be dubbed a diabetic for the rest of your life. If it's type 2 diabetes, you can, I would say, as as early as you can catch it and kind of nip it in the bud, then that's your best bet of kind of backpedaling and getting to a place of being educated, moving forward, and not furthering that down that line. So when someone says, like, they're pre-diabetic, like, how, how does that diagnosis come? Like, the, based off of, like, On the your, blood levels? Yeah. Um, so you're... HbA1c so your hemoglobin a1c they take a red blood cell which has a lifespan of 90 days and they basically look at it and they say is it sugar-coated or is it not sugar-coated so uh, hemoglobin a1c is how you measure that and if you're I think 5.6 is about where they w pre-diabetic and before that you're fine at 5.6 you're pre-diabetic and at like six you're dubbed diabetic and so if you were to see someone who came in, they said, hey, I went to my normal physician. They said, I'm a 5'6". I'm screwed if I don't make changes. 
and just assuming they eat like garbage, you just immediately just go into, you have a prescription kind of based off that? No, I wouldn't. Absolutely not. So what would you tell that person? I would say let's, well, I mean, there's other blood tests that come into that. So looking at fasting blood insulin, for example. So a number of that and like lab values will give you up to like 25 or 30 on some labs. Um, I like fasting insulin to be like eight or below. And that's just a level of how sensitive your body is to insulin. Um, so that's where you get this like metabolic flexibility where you can like go lower on blood sugar and still be okay. And then your, you know, ketones take over and you're, you're in this good, healthy space. Um, or are you eating something and your body's constantly pumping out insulin and your cells just don't even recognize it anymore because you've had such high blood sugar for so long. So they have to just revamp basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just patient education is the name of the game for that. Absolutely. And there are some supplements that can help with that, but at a 5.6, there's definitely some improvement that can be done. And I would not say it requires pharmaceuticals. Is there a huge difference between the person that's like pre-diabetic and then the diabetic person in terms of like how you, how you would help them if they wandered into you? Just depend. I mean, I don't know. It depends on person by person. Yeah. And it depends. So it, it depends when their recent, most recent lab work was done. Yeah. So it's like if I, if I haven't seen a doctor in five years, I haven't had my blood labs done in more than that, seven years. And they come in and their A1C is like eight or nine. I'm like, okay, well, has this been worse? Has this been better? Is this you on a good three months? So it's kind of hard. So we have to navigate that. But the patient education remains the same. I would probably still reach for the same kind of arena of supplements to aid in the improving insulin sensitivity, um, bringing down blood sugar, all of these things. But just real food is always the key for people. Eat real food. And so if we're on the same kind of note, like the importance of gut health for people, like, and I know there's people who listen and most of the people here are fitness people. Otherwise they wouldn't probably listen to me. (laughs) Some aren't. Uh, but the importance of gut health in general, I don't think people, we've talked about it here before, like gut health and brain function mm-hmm. are connected, like satiety and satiation, how your brain and gut communicate with each other. Like how important is that like for the average person and like the, the basic tips they can start doing to be healthier if maybe they're eating like shit or they're just not doing the things that are putting them in the best position to be healthy? Well, I can tell you that if somebody comes into me with psoriasis or a cardiac arrhythmia or hair loss, I will always be asking what your diet is like because healing starts in the gut. So it's probably the first offender of what went wrong. So it's usually the first thing that we can start to improve and start getting right. Um, So switching up the diet. So more dietary fiber, um, good quality fats, um, good omega-3s, all of, you know, this thing coming from your diet. And then there are supplements that can help aid in you know leaky gut because it's typically more than just leaky gut it's like i mentioned leaky heart leaky brain um so definitely some supplements if need be we do um i i often run a test that's got a kind of dumb name but it's a really great test it's called the wheat zoomer and it tests for the um, what the wheat zoomer test. The wheat zoomer. Like I said. It Sounds of... like some made up shit. <laughs> I wish. I don't know if this is real, you guys. <laughs> no. What, what, is it, what does it do? Um, so it assesses for intestinal permeability, a.k.a. leaky gut, and um, sensitivity to wheat. So when you say for a person listening who 
you say leaky gut. What does that mean? Like someone listening at home is like, I don't know what this lady's talking about. So you're supposed to have some neighboring cells in your gut that are what should be tight junctions. So you can picture them just like really tightly linked together so that nothing can get in between them. Well, when you have persistent offenders coming in, be it stress, crappy sleep, um, a poor diet, high in inflammation, um, all of these things that can kind of take its toll on the uh, intestinal lining. So they keep going at it and then they nick at that what would be a tight junction and it starts making it into a leaky junction. So then this um, it's a blood test and it's just a blood spot test. But what we do is essentially there should be like little staples holding together these neighboring cells. We test to see if these staples are in your blood. And if they are, you've got leaky gut because they've been worn apart. And is there bacterial portions that have gone from what should be in your gut into your bloodstream that's lying below? And so like your intestines actually are like leaking? They're literally leaking what should be in staying from like large. entering your mouth and emptying into the toilet bowl. They are ending up some por- portions of that going into your bloodstream. Which is not good. It's a bad thing. And what does that cause for some people? I mean, it can cause rash. It can cause high blood pressure. It can cause arrhythmias. It can cause brain fog, attention deficit, and you name it. So a lot of these, again, I've been to enough doctors and we have enough here where I've talked to them like, the food you eat controls so much stuff of what you do food is medicine like we always say like you are where you consume and i mean you believe that in terms of the music you listen Mm -hmm. to the news shit you watch but if you think about every cell of your being like how your hair skin nails grow how you know everything regenerates it's by your food you literally are what you eat yeah if you were trying to build like an awesome house but and this is not a knock on walmart but you buy all your shit at Walmart, you have a Walmart house. If you buy all your stuff at like Crate and Barrel or Restoration <laughs> Hardware, like that's the kind of house you have. And your body is the same way. And I think a lot of people, they think, well, if I exercise, and that tends to be the easier portion for most people, um, than to eat right, at least what we see at scale. Not always, but most of the time. Because you can feel it and it's it's a real thing. You can sweat, you're breathing heavy. But they don't understand you can't build this machine to look and move and feel the way you want if you're putting garbage into it all the time. Right. And that's why I always say sourcing is so huge for your food. And what do you mean sourcing for the average person? So like sourcing, like, are you getting like a grass fed, like high quality, essentially like happy cow? Are you consuming a happy cow that was eating what it was meant to be fed on? So a grass fed cow, or are you eating like a, a corn fed, um, you know, com- commercially raised antibiotic shitstorm uh-huh yeah pumped full of hormones and antibiotics and all this stuff which one are you which one would you prefer if you had the choice so it, and when you break it down on a like molecular level it's two completely different foods so grass-fed beef is so high in omega omega-3s and then there's literally next to none in conventional beef and it's super high in omega-6s which is you know potentially can lead to inflammation i think they said the same thing with um the salmon that's yeah. like wild caught or farmed. Oh, like they absolutely. Have a, they have a hard time finding any quality omegas, I think, in the farm raised. Yeah, and if, you can literally look at them and tell a difference with that. Uh, the steaks, too. Like if you go to Sprout, like there's a Sprouts here for you guys in the Midwest. Like I'm sure you're Hy-Vee or you're wherever you guys go grocery shopping. You can tell the difference. It almost looks like a dark red, mm-hmm. almost like an elk meat compared to this uh, kind of like muted color for the most part, which is kind of crazy. When you... And so when you guys prescribe stuff, you tell people if you can, you know, buy organic or at least buy things that are not. And sometimes, again, 
when it says grass fed, sometimes these companies bullshit you too, right. which it can be like grass finished basically. And then they just put the stamp on it, which it's hard. to. That's the hard part too. For a normal person who has two kids, they have a job, they got 19 things going on to learn all this because there's no education in school about it is a lot to chew yeah. on. And even if you go to Whole Foods, which they're fine. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But you can go to like the pre-made section and they're like, here's your salmon. It's 20 bucks a pound, but it's just like farm-raised bullshit. And I'm like, this is a scam, dude. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, but a normal person wouldn't probably know that. Right. And so when you guys prescribe it, does it say, hey, mostly organic or at least try to buy the the best, you know, with no nitrates, like just not pumped full of shit version? Yeah, absolutely. Organic as much as possible. I mean, it's never going to be good for you to ingest pesticides and herbicides. So... I would say organic as much as you can, um, wild caught, pasture raised, like all of these things. So do some research on it. I recently wrote an article that I can send you the link to on all of this as well. Um, just the differences in food, you know, of course, meat products. So fish, meat, eggs, all of these things. If you get um, like a pasture raised egg and you crack it and you look at the yolk color compared to just like a white egg that you find in the grocery store, like a standard one and like the styrofoam. Oh, it's so dark. It's like compared to the orangey amber yolk in the good one versus like pale yellow in the neighboring conventionally raised egg. So they're completely different to look at. So when you break it down, again, its components are completely different. It's a different food. I feel like the shells even crack different. Mm-hmm. Like the shit ones crack in two seconds <laughs> and the real ones are a little bit denser. Yeah. So what's that going to do for you? I mean, and I've said this to people too. Like, I don't know everybody's financial situation and I'm never going to tell you how to spend your time or money. But if you could, you know, drive a shit of your car, live in a smaller house, wear your clothes longer, but feed your body legit food. I think overall you can still get all that fancy shit, but you'll just be a healthier, more productive person. Yeah. Where it's weird that people kind of draw these lines in the sand. They're like, well, I'm not going to pay money for that, but yet I'm going to pay more for my car lease. I'm like, and I'm not judging, but that seems like the dumbest fucking thing mm-hmm. in the world. Because I'm like, it's your car. Right. And people treat their vehicles sometimes better than the body that they're actually in, which is really kind of ass backwards. It's all about maintenance. Uh, and when I, I want to come to this because this is new to me too. When you say like, leaky heart or leaky brain that seems like some made-up shit to me <laughs> i never heard of that before <laughs> so well you're so your brain my brain's in a leak well you're allowing things that are inflammatory i know i know what you i know what you mean I'm yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean it sounds made up but it's legit it well, goes into your bloodstream it shouldn't be there it go, your bloodstream once it's there it goes everywhere in your body so how does that like how do like what does that look like or how does that even like an example it looks like when you order dominoes and the next morning you wake up and you can't form your normal vocabulary it's, that's leaky brain. That's your brain is inflamed from what you put in your mouth yesterday. And and like the leaky heart, similar kind of concept? Yeah. High blood pressure, arrhythmias. You feel like your heart's pounding in your chest. Um, yeah. All of these things that affect and the inside lining of your blood vessels is so important to cardiovascular health. So you want to protect those things. And when there's inflammatory molecules floating around on the inside of your bloodstream, it's damaging to you know just the inside lining so that impairs nitric oxide production hindering your blood pressure regulation and then again it ends up in your heart affecting your normal electronic or electric conduction in your heart so so the people who kind of chronically eat like trash they're I guess there's genetic anomalies there's people who can do it probably forever and they're you know somewhat fine I guess Mm -hmm. I would even argue with them though 
you don't know how good you could have felt, even if you could have made it. And I think 100%. a general statement I, I say all the time is, I don't think the, well, I know the average person, but I would say 90% of people in America specifically have not went probably three days in their entire adult life and just ate like proteins and vegetables and healthy fats mm-hmm. without alcohol, without sugars, without a bunch of other bullshit, which is really sad to say. So most of these people are probably chronically eating this shit all the time. And this has just become their normal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how bad you feel until you start feeling good. And I tell my patients that all the time, like, oh, they, they've got this friend or they've got this cousin or whatever it might be that they see eating like crap and, oh, it doesn't bother them. I'm like, okay, well, how about I ask them what their energy level is like and all this and all that. Tell them to change their diet for a week and then report back. And it's just, again, don't take my word for it. Do it for yourself and see how much better you could actually feel. Well, and it, that with that too, people will say, well, my brother eats whatever he wants. I'm like, I'm not saying he doesn't eat whatever he wants, but he's never going to tell you like he, how shitty he feels. Because mm-hmm. for one, it's, it's embarrassing to like to admit that when you're actually doing damage to your body. But two, he doesn't probably know right. like what his optimal is. And at this point, especially like in the world I grew up in in fitness, at first it's like I'm a normal dude. You want to be, you know, jacked and ripped and it's all vanity driven. And at some point for me or even early on that changed because I started to feel like shit. Most people make it way longer in life before they feel like shit. The benefit to me was I felt like shit so early. And now it's like, it's not that I don't like everything that everybody eats, chips, cookies, cakes, all the stuff. And don't get me wrong, like the days of me drinking 20 beers was like super fun. But peeing your pants and headbutting walls is not a good <laughs> long time life cycle. But I just feel so shitty now when I do things that are outside of my circle. A, because my body's not conditioned for it. Mm-hmm. But you start to feel like you have a level of body awareness right? that most people who eat and drink like shit will never have. And it's just they're not aware of what's kind of going on. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. You start to realize, oh, man, I feel so good when I do X, Y, Z. And then you're like, okay, well, I do want to order Domino's today. Not to bash on Domino's. I don't know why I keep saying that. But you get my picture. What's your favorite pizza place here? Do you have one? Um, I really like Pomo. Pomo's okay. There's a place called... uh, I'm actually going to Pomo tonight for Frank's birthday. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. They say it's just like Italy, but I've been to Italy, and it's not. I have two. I wait. I definitely ate my way through Italy, and I think I gained 10 pounds. In Where did you weeks. go? Um, Rome, Cinque Terre, and Florence. Nice. We did. We flew into Rome and then did um, uh, Sorrento and then the Malfi Coast. Oh, wow. But the pizza, they say Pomo is like that, but it's not. No. The pizza in Italy is way better than Pomo. Well, and Pomo has gluten-free pizza. This is true. <laughs> uh, there is a place, too. Um, it's like central Phoenix. It's called Forno, F-O-R-N-O, 301. I've, I've been there. It's legit. I went there for like appetizers or something, so I don't think I Everybody there fully. speaks Italian, and the waiter was from Amalfi, and they only have, everything is basic, so they have like Peroni's, the beer, so it's Italian. They have red, white wine, that's it, and then there's like three red pies, three white pies. But they do have a cauliflower they do, and I think they do it in bolognese. It's fucking terrible for you, <laughs> and I feel like shit after I ate there, <laughs> but the place is awesome if you guys ever visit, but anyways, the point is... Yes, when you do eat stuff like that, you pay for it. Yes, absolutely. And it, or and, and maybe you always did, but you just didn't know. You've got this low-grade systemic inflammation, and sometimes it shows up as chronic allergies. You know, I, I see and hear that a lot. Oh, I've, you know, my allergies are always just so terrible. I've got, you know, my nose is always just dripping, and my throat's always just a little bit swollen. It's like, well, how much dairy do you eat? Like, dairy is huge for mucus. Cut it out and watch your body not have as much mucus 
um, just different things that it just provide this low grade systemic inflammation and it pro- can give you like joint pain and joint swelling and just a little bit achy all the time. So it doesn't always have to be in your face, but it can just be this low kind of low simmer of not feeling great. Well, and I've seen that too with a lot of things. And I tell people when you eat, so we do, we call it like auditing, same thing I'm sure you guys do. And like, I've went through the whole elimination diet more than one time, which is actually a super big pain in the ass. Um, if you're like a robot, you can do it easily. Um, and then introduce stuff, but I would tell people, and I, when I went through it, I would just audit how I felt. Okay. Here's what it was. I cut this out for three weeks at a time or whatever it would be. And you notice, and I will say dairy products for sure. Even when you eat an abundance of carbohydrates, you're so thirsty. It's almost like the blood thickens mm-hmm. instantly. But if you are eating something and all of a sudden you have this humongous, like you got to clear your throat or you have to blow your nose multiple times, that shouldn't happen when you eat food. Right. Yet that's happening to people all the time and it just becomes their norm. Right. And I guess I would tell people if you're noticing an external like factor happening, imagine what's happening internally. Exactly. And I often will give patients like a, um, a food journal. And so it has, you know, what you ate, um, associated bowel movements and associated symptoms. And it beyond, it's not just, oh, I was bloated or that meal sat like a rock in my gut for gosh, what felt like four hours beyond just digestive symptoms. So it's like, yeah, maybe my eyes were a little bit puffy when I woke up or I did my, um, my sinus felt really congested and I had a little bit of a sore throat, um, joint swelling, whatever that might be. You can associate that a lot of times with foods. Well, it's weird because we don't talk about like what it should feel like, like what, what's satiety, what satiation is. We don't talk about how you should go to the bathroom in mm-hmm. reality. We did a whole podcast on shit here um, <laughs> as well, but it's true. We're a normal person. Like you should be like a regular person who goes to the bathroom mm-hmm. and it should be, maybe it's one to three times like per day, but there's people who go seven times a day. There's people who go once a week. Mm-hmm. Neither of those are normal things no. or even the consistency of it. I don't want to get disgusting. Oh, I, that's a large portion of my job is talking about poop, but people don't do that. So like a normal person, like you should be going and it shouldn't be this, you know, marathon strenuous process. It should be, you get on the toilet, you take a shit and you roll. Right. And it should be probably about the same time, probably about the same consistency each day, which I don't think a normal person has any clue about that at all. Right. Cause we don't learn it Mm-mm. anywhere, which is crazy. So if a person comes in and, and I'll go back to the prescription part and when I mean prescription, they're like what you guys prescribe mm-hmm. for people. Like when you say good fats for someone, these guys probably already know, but what are the top ones that you guys tell people to So ingest? like omega-3s, absolutely. So essential fatty acids, looking at uh, EPA, DHA. So if you want to get it from diet, get some seafood in your diet. If you don't already, like eat seafood if you can daily. Um, you know, the acronym to easily remember the best quality fish for um, getting these omegas in your diet is SMASH, S-M-A-S-H, salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. Um, definitely want to get wild caught and that's going to give you a good deal of, you know, what your brain needs. It brings down inflammation. So keeping those uh, nice and high in your diet. And then again, like, um, like grass fed beef is a good, you know, source of that anymore. And, um, if you need to, like take a fish oil supplement. Eggs. Absolutely. Avocado. Eggs, avocado. Chia seeds. Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard smash before. Say smash again. Salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. I don't think I've ever had anchovies. They're, I don't they're think. like 
uh, and a Caesar salad. I'm not against it. It just seems <laughs> it's a, like it, it's... You know what? It's not for everybody, so I'm going to stick with salmon and... But I would do if... I mean, I've said this before. Like, I would eat dog shit out of my backyard if someone told me it would make me look and feel good. Like, yeah. I don't really care. Like, I can You can it. live to 100? I mean, I've drinking way worse shit. That is not good for me. And eating way worse stuff. But you can like blend some of the, like, so anchovies and sardines are both small fish. So if you're like, maybe not everybody makes a salad dressing at home, but you can just throw it in a blender with some like lemon juice, some olive oil, another good, you know, fat. Olive oil, some anchovies or sardines, some capers. Um, that's what, you know, we have some recipes on our site for some home good homemade salad dressings but you can do anything legit i mean even like organ meats like oh, yeah i don't want to eat liver like i typically take the desiccated supplements of it yeah but it can be done too if you grill it if you could eat nose to tail i mean absolutely that would be great but it's not it's tougher to super f- palatable in modern times it's tough to find too like and if you go to like whole foods you can ask the butcher yeah there are some places where you can go but that used to be the thing back in the day mm-hmm. like where they would give like the leader of the tribe, or if you watch like wolves, for example, like they will eat the heart, mm-hmm. like they'll eat the liver, like that's where the most nutrients are. And we'll say I've never had it, but uh, they say it's good, you know, if you eat a heart, it's good for your heart, and so on and so forth. It's, um, and this is not my favorite stuff. I mean, I wouldn't do it regular, but like you can take, again, you can buy the supplement version of it, which is basically right. the next best thing. I agree. So if you are talking to these guys uh, in terms of fiber, is there like a number you get them to shoot for? Is there a certain number of foods you suggest they, they get them from? Because there's obviously soluble, insoluble. Right. Um, it, it really varies on patient's goals. So if, yeah, if they're never having a bowel movement, then definitely increasing fiber in all forms. Um, insoluble fiber would be great um, if you're maybe somebody that's trying to prolong a fast or something and you just want to fill up a little bit organic psyllium husk can be really good helps bring down cholesterol as well so um i would say like just some green vegetables is a good way to get fiber in your diet so vegetables and fruits that's going to be fiber you know um citrus has a really uh high amount of insoluble fiber or the just kind of like liquidy fiber um so again kind of like bulk forming make you go um but just kind of cleans things up in your gut do you guys prescribe like any grains for people or no uh typically not you know not everybody can really adhere all the way to a paleo diet and And that's that's the the base of what you guys kind of or paleo is it like paleo like hardcore or just like the paleo principles um paleo well but like a paleo lifestyle really so that it's not just what's on your plate, but it's not processed stuff. Um, getting away from modernization as much as possible. So these guys listening, like what is the, like what is the paleo diet in a, in a snapshot? So it's, you know, things that our ancestors would have eaten. So hunting and gathering, what would you have come up with? You would have found maybe some vegetables, maybe some berries, but largely um, going to be some, you know, fish and meat and things of the earth that are unadulterated and not processed and they do not come in a box. They do not have a label. So unprocessed foods, shopping the perimeter of the grocery stores. The things that they run, they swim, they fly, they grow from the ground. Exactly. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Seems pretty basic. It's pretty basic. Yeah. But But it's hard. um, (laughs) Well, it's like, we always say it's easy in theory, but it's the application of it. Eat real food is kind of the basis of it. And yeah, look at a grocery store and it's, again, just the perimeter of it is really what 
I would recommend anybody actually eat. Well, it's crazy because it's like you can, and it is, it's cheaper to eat like shit. It certainly is. You Absolutely. can you can buy more calories, definitely. Like at McDonald's, it's like five thousand calories for five bucks. It's really tough to beat, but you can. It just sucks because it's it's bland, and you have there's way more. It's like anything in life. If you want it to happen, you have to put more effort into it. So you can buy, you know, twelve hundred calories of cereal is like three bites, <laughs> but twelve hundred calories of like chicken, asparagus, and cauliflower rice is actually a ton of food to right. eat. The problem is that doesn't taste as good. I mean, it's not as sexy, basically, mm-hmm. and you actually have to do some work. Well, and what I often say is, is it nutritionally dense? And I said this recently, and they didn't really understand it. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to break it down. If what you're getting is not, like, how much bang for your bite are you getting? Are you getting like a lot of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, a lot of like good quality macros in that? Or are you getting like, you know, like I said, a bowl of cereal, which maybe all you're getting is processed carbohydrates that's equivalent to just sugar so that's not nutritionally dense it's crazy to think too like how you probably grew up similar to me where there had been days where there's like no nutrients in my diet oh yeah like damn near zero mm-hmm. like if i think about you know, like middle school like i grew up in the midwest like you walk your ass to the bus stop and you're good my parents both worked and so usually like my parents were divorced so i'll be there with my mom's house or my dad's house but they're gone by the time i'm there it's like, good luck to you, dude. You're on your own. You're 10 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, here's a Mountain Dew and here's some Pop-Tarts. Yep. And that's what I would eat for breakfast. Like, it's this complete dog shit. And that was what was, you know, so big. And I remember growing up, like, in the 90s, and it was, like, all low fat was the name of the game. And it's just processed garbage. And, you know, it's hard to, like, talk to – my mom is going to kill me, but, like – with her coffee mate creamer. I'm like, mom, that is a chemical shit storm. And I am like, I'm really working hard with her and she's doing really good. (laughs) She's eating more and more real foods. But yeah, that's just, I mean, like our education and nutrition has been just that. It's been processed, low fat, chemical mess. Well, it's crazy because like, and I have it here. um, You can pull these up now. Like these are all published. And I think uh, JAMA, like internal medicine Mm -hmm. and a couple other places put it like where the sugar industry basically paid these Harvard scientists to like doctor all this bullshit information like in the 60s. And that's what started this like, well, we fat is like fat's the enemy right. is basically what I'm saying. Like, and they're like, sugar's not the problem. Let's say sugar doesn't fuck with your heart. Sugar doesn't mess you up. And then that's when we got into the, all the low fat bullshit. And that's like why we, and not the only reason, but that's a huge reason like why we're in the boat we're in. Yeah. Because these guys, the government and people lie to you guys sometimes just so we're crystal clear. The government's not looking out for your health. Uh, Especially that, which is crazy to see. And that's how that started. So we weren't saying like sugar was the issue, even though it's a huge part of it. And I always say like when people say like sugar is as addicting as cocaine. I don't think that's true at all. Because like sugar by itself is not that awesome. Like when you see it, like if there's like sugar on the table, you're not like, I just need to snort that like it's cocaine. (laughs) I go, but when you put it with fat. And then you bake it and you put it into a cookie or a cake. Like now you got a fucking problem. Oh yeah. Like that's the crazy thing. But that's like how we ate as kids. And there was no education piece around it at all. And now you're trying to, you're basically trying to educate this next generation of adults so their kids don't do the same thing. Right. But yet we're still kind of in the same boat. 
I know. And it's, it's hard because like you said, the convenience factor, um, is it always convenient to <laughs> grill yourself a grass fed steak or, or, you know, roast some wild caught salmon and some organic vegetables? Not really, but there is, you know, definitely lesser evils when it comes to convenience foods. So like anybody I know will, that knows me will know that I, and often many of us, if you if you don't have something in front of you and you get hungry enough, you'll just be like, okay, give me something and you eat whatever's there. So you have to have something that's convenient enough and healthy enough to kind of get you to a plate of food that's decent. So I will often recommend like, um, like Paleo Valley has some good quality like um, meat sticks that are like less processed, um, but a good source of like high quality fats and some good protein to kind of level out your blood sugar. So you're not just like plummeting and getting hangry or um, like a really high quality protein supplement. We have one that's like a New, New Zealand grass fed whey, um, right. which is really good and anti-inflammatory and has a little psyllium husk in there to kind of bulk and fill you up. There, so there are ways. There is some, like the beef jerky companies are better now. There mm-hmm. is a handful. God, Sprouts has a pretty good one. Is I don't think Sprouts makes it. Somebody does where it's, they have zero sugar in it. Yeah, there's like uh, like Nick Sticks Chomps, I think, has some. There's some good brands out there that make some quality sort. They use like a quality sourced meat, and then they dry it out, and then they sell it so you can have it on the go. But that's not as sexy to sell as No way. Even Pop-tarts. that meat stick? What are you having for a snack? Yeah, <laughs> but that's what it should be, honestly. Uh, okay, so if we dive into like immune system mm-hmm. for people, um, obviously most people know it's like it's what keeps you healthy. But what are the things you would tell the average person in light of like the last couple of years where obviously we know you went through a pandemic, people, we missed the boat on people being healthier because they don't really understand. They're looking to, again, I think sometimes just put a bandaid on a gunshot wound when the best thing you can ever do for like to be here the next, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years is your body's own immune system. So what do you tell the people who come in? Obviously eating real food Mm -hmm. is a key, but is there certain foods or kind of supplements that like, hey, this can kind of aid to, to, to help make you healthier? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really the bottom line is that our best defense has been and always will be our immune system. So going into any, be it pandemic, any, you know, kid's playground where there's just bugs running rampant, whatever it might be, you want to go in in a better standing so that you're not hindered by this already high toxic burden that then is accumulating bacterial and viral load. So, you know, a good, healthy, clean diet, um, supplements, you know, I just say the KISS method, keep it simple. And I, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, zinc, and um, increasing your glutathione stores. So the supplement for that would be like N-acetylcysteine, which the FDA is kind of not loving right now because it's good for you. I don't know. Um, Weird how that works. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can still get it. It's still on the shelf. So it's not like it's been banned or something, but the it's just all over their headlines, so I'm not sure what's really going on with that anymore. But those are my five kind of go-tos for boosting up your immune system. Of course, you want to keep toxic things out of your life. So, you know, um, plastics and all these things, these toxicants that are in our environment. So cleaning up your environment, cleaning up your diet, and then supporting the immune system directly as well. So for a person who – well, I'll go that. When you guys pull people's blood work um, – I- Mine was, I get mine done at least like three times a year usually because I like to see where everything's at. Um, And then I learn a lot and then I sound smart on the podcast. But when I went in, like probably the first year I lived here, 
they went and pulled mine just my normal physical and they're like you are you're vitamin d deficient and i live in arizona but i work inside all fucking day mm -hmm. and i didn't know at the time like well i get some sun they're like no you have to basically have your entire like legs your arms your back exposed for a certain amount of minutes per day to have enough is there a huge percentage of people you see who like don't get enough vitamin d that come in or is it like um like everybody which is crazy unless you're supplementing it I don't really see. So I look for like a, a much, again, the lab standards are not my standards. Yeah. So the fact that you've been told that you were subpar by lab standards, that's really bad. Yeah, it was uh, fucked up. <laughs> I feel like so, shit. So yeah, go outside, like sun your whole body as much as you can. Um, you know, maybe your neighbors are not fans of that, but do what you can. Um, often though, like figure out your level, talk to like a holistic doctor that has maybe some better standards of where vitamin D needs to be. And then probably you need to supplement it, but you can't overdo it. So not everybody needs to be taking like 15,000 IUs every day. And I've seen a lot of that come through the doors lately with, you know, the pandemic. And so people are taking too much. Yeah. I, I think mine is for that's 5,000 IUs a day. Okay. I think it's D3 and it's a K2 together. Good. Yeah. And I think they say, was the absorption better or what is the, it's why good. is the K2 it with it? Protects your bones and your blood vessels and, um, yeah, absorption. Because there's no way I'm going to get out in this. I mean, it's 200 degrees outside. Like, I'm not sitting outside. Morning today. sunshine is, like, so good for you and your circadian rhythm and all the things. So if you can, just 15 minutes in the morning. As soon as I quit doing this shit uh, at having a gym for a living, I'll be outside all in the morning all the time. <laughs> but I'm trapped in here. It's like, what the hell am I going to do? Uh, I know. But it was interesting to hear that. Like, And I think the when I went, my first physician here, he's like, I think he said 75% of people that he sees are deficient in vitamin D, mm -hmm. which I thought was super strange. I'm like, we live here. Oh yeah. He's like, but the exposure is not enough. And depending on obviously like your ethnicity too, like the melanin, like in your skin, like what can come in, what can't go in. It's kind of crazy to hear. Well, yeah. And then people, you know, go outside slathered in sunscreen and clothes. And, and of course, you know, you want to protect yourself, but you know, side note, if you have a good store of good, if a good amount of healthy fats in your diet, so all of the avocados, all the olive oil, all the smash fish, all of that, then you're going to be less likely to burn anyway. So really, yeah. So keeping, you know, your skin healthy. Um, but like I said, 15 to 30 minutes in the morning, that should kind of get you there. We live on the surface of the sun, so it's kind of hard to want to go outside when it feels like this, but, True. um, just because you're outside or just because you live somewhere that is very, very sunny does not get you to a adequate vitamin D status. No. And you got to have a, have a good, a good amount of your skin showing mm -hmm. to, to get there. I think the people the seem like it's my face. I'm like, that's not going to do it, dude. <laughs> it won't be enough. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned the plastics, uh, in terms of immune system and we talked a little bit about it before, like, what is the issue with plastics in the diet? What's the worst ones? I mean, obviously as I drink out of my plastic coffee <laughs> container, this is what I do. But again, you're kind of, we've created this, and I know like phthalates and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. We've created this fucking prison right. that we're in that we really, I don't see how you can get out of it. It's really hard to navigate. And I run on almost all of my patients what I what we call a triple tox panel. And part of that, one of the three, so it being triple, one of the three is for environmental toxins and um, I, in all of them that I run, I've never once seen BPA not show up in a patient's urine. So it's, it's hard to avoid. So every it, single human that's ever come yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, and these are people that 
oh no 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 I use glass I use glass Tupperware I don't use Ziploc baggies and maybe you're like oh man there's plastic in that there's plastic in that it's everywhere so it's like reusable plastic water bottles just don't do it um especially like if you're gonna leave it in your car like hot and plastic do not go so if you've left a water bottle in your car just recycle it it's done and especially here in the summer because it because the heat it starts to leak mm-hmm. it and leaches more and it just leaches into what you're consuming jesus yeah so then it's like oh yeah heated up some leftovers like you're heating it up yes but you're sucking these chemicals into the foods and then it shows up in your blood yes and like what's the what does it matter like oh so i'm i'm consuming plastics who gives a shit like what's the consuming plastics and consume like so again the the environmental toxin it shows up with like phthalates and parabens and so it's like solvents and plasticizers and all of these different things that we are essentially ingesting and they affect our hormones first and foremost um so fertility um testosterone production um estrogen mimicking like it's just it's really like i said it's hard to navigate but once you identify it, then you're like, okay, I need to really steer away from this. And then you can maybe improve some of these symptoms that you were like, oh no, this is just how I am. I've always had this, you know, um, PMS or whatever that might be. So um, definitely identifying, you know, knowledge is power. So knowing that this is a contributing factor. So hormones, cognitive function, um, definitely can affect your cardiovascular wellness as well. So everything like you said even music whatever everything you're taking in you're digesting you're absorbing it's recirculating again we're testing your urine for this so it's coming out through your kidneys so it's not just affecting your mouth it's going everywhere it's filtered the whole way through yes which can lead to i'm assuming like accumulation low low sperm counts Uh infertility absolutely men women across the board yep so, which is crazy. So, how, what do you tell people? I mean, like, how do you, hey, I'm not going to eat plastic anymore. Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> it's like saying don't breathe air, you know? No, again, and then I recently wrote an article on this as well. Um, so, you know, plastic food storage as much as you can. If you're, you know, doing takeout at restaurants, they often will just take it straight out of the grill or skillet or whatever it might be and put it right into a plastic vessel. Just heat that shit right yeah, up. Yeah, so consider the vessel of what your food is going into um, and what your beverages are going into. So like buying glass water bottles. So they have, you know, like the Mountain Spring and Pellegrino and Perrier and all these different things usually have like a a glass option and just consider that like a new reusable water bottle and just get some filtered bottle and reuse it. But don't put your water into plastic. Is there any of the plastics that are better than the others or they're all shit? Yeah, and actually this was... Um, like they I, label some of them, Yeah, right? I broke this down actually in my article. There is like the numbers that are on the bottom and the recycled, and there are ones that are better, and some of them are just... What's the worst? This one says 15. Am I going to die? 15? I don't know. This is Powerade Zero. This is full of chemicals anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll link you to my article because some of yeah. it, it was oh, like no, it can be reused safely. Some of it is like oh, no, number should one. not be used. There's I was going to say, I don't know of a 15. I a, usually know like one through five. There's a one in the triangle. Yes, That's one it. through five. One seems safe. We're going to go with that. That's just because it's in your hand. Someone fact check me. I don't know. <laughs> I'll link I've, you to my article because I did put it on there. Yeah, and again, I'll share a lot of this stuff, you guys, uh, in the show notes or when you want to stalk her afterwards, I'll give you all her info. Um, you can have that in there too. So yeah, the fact that it messes with hormones, which is another question some of these guys asked. Um, biggest 
hormone issues just in general uh, you probably see? So definitely thyroid is first and foremost. One in five women have hypothyroidism or low underfunctioning thyroid and one in 10 men have underfunctioning thyroid glands. So that is kind of first and foremost. It's not always why they come in, but typically I end up helping them with their thyroid health as well. Um, Beyond that, it's a lot of um, potentially like PCOS or um, dysmenorrhea, so really um, aggravating period symptoms. Um, what does that mean? I'm a dude. Um, I'm a so dude like and I'm an idiot. So horrible cramping, about. really heavy bleeding. Um, maybe they're not having a cycle every month and they need to get to the bottom of why not. Um, so and that's, a, that's common. Super common. Really? Very common. And you know what is kind of disheartening is that there are so many women out there that just accept it and they, they go through life and have these miserable weeks every month. And what is it called? Like what is like the, a menstrual cycle? No, like what's the there's like a term for like it? Or PMS or d- yeah. like dysmenorrhea. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And so then they just have like these because obviously there's like normal symptoms that you go through, but theirs are like heightened like times. Yeah, or like menorrhagia. There's any number of medical terms that you can dub it. Yeah. With menstrual abnormalities that they shouldn't have to deal with. And what is the and it happens for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, it can be, um, you know, again, if you're ingesting animal hormones, if they've been on whatever growth hormones and you're taking these hormones from your food, um, it can be um, from your environment. So plastics definitely alter hormone function. Different foods can alter hormone function, supplements, medications. So there's a variety of numbers and there's ways to balance those out naturally. And... uh it's just crazy to see. I mean, like that is so common, I guess, anyway, which is nuts. So let me try to go through some of these here, if I can. Um, I don't want to get super lost. When you say thyroid, like the thyroid sucks, I have a million thyroid questions on mm-hmm. here. Explain what the, the function of the thyroid is like in the body to a, the normal average Joe. So thyroid is kind of like the basis of metabolism. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find any any cell in your body that doesn't have a thyroid receptor on it. Um, So thyroid function, so for example, patients that might be undiagnosed thyroid. So low thyroid symptoms would be like brain fog, constipation, dry skin, cracking heels, hair loss, hoarse voice. Um, I mean, it it goes on and on and it's just widespread. Uh, Maybe low resting heart rate, any number of things. Um, weight gain is a big one with hypothyroidism. So addressing that can help you drop some unnecessary LBs. So how does that work? Because I'm an idiot. So, and I understand like I, I get the thyroid function and it's kind of like the control center um, of a lot of things that you do. But you're, let's say you're hypo and you're just gaining weight. Even if you're not eating a ton of food, mm-hmm. it can just, how does that work? It's it just, like you have no fuel to your metabolism. So your stuff is just, you're just eating like what a kind of a normal person would eat, except your body is just so inefficient. Yeah. And you can be hypothyroid and be really, really like really lean as well. So it's not always the first symptom. It's can be up there. Absolutely. Um, especially as we age our often our thyroid continues to become more and more hindered and more and more sluggish. So definitely as we age, the incidence of hypothyroidism continues to increase 
And that can be any factor, genetics, the food you eat, stress, or... Yeah, like it, women especially, like if your mom was hypothyroid and then your grandma was hypothyroid and all your aunts are hypothyroid and your sister, it can be very genetically correlated. Um, so definitely identifying it will be helpful for you and you might think clearer and feel better. Thanks, mom and dad. Appreciate <laughs> all the help. Well, I've heard it here a lot. So we used to have, I had a girl who worked for me for like six years they cut hers out. I think she had uh, Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Or Graves' disease are the same thing? They're two different things. One's hyperthyroidism and one's hypothyroidism, but they're an autoimmune situation with the thyroid. And why does like one get it removed completely? I, I wouldn't ever remove anybody's thyroid yeah. personally. But well, do you know why they do that? Because they say it's inflamed and whatever and they just think you're better off without it. And they give them like, what is it, like Synthroid or something? Synthroid, or? which... I, again, would say like a natural desiccated thyroid. So your, um, your thyroid gland pumps out T3 and T4. And those are the two thyroid hormones. Um, synthroid is just T4. So your body has to do the conversion of that to T3, which is the active one. So if you do like a desiccated thyroid, like a glandular, which desiccated mean literally like a dried up thyroid gland from an animal, yeah. um, it's, you're getting T3 and T4. So you're not placing the burden of that conversion on your body. So when you don't have one, it's just they're going to give you a drug that gives you the four, and then you have to, there's a conversion that mm -hmm. happens to three, so you have both. Mm -hmm. That's gnarly, dude. Because somebody asked the question, what's the best natural way to correct thyroid T3, T4? If And by natural, I'm assuming it means not cutting open your body and <laughs> giving you like a hard-ass pharmaceutical. Right, right. Is there a best natural way? I guess I'm sure I, it I mean, yeah, it depends if you are somebody that needs. So t sometimes it can be corrected with like some minerals and some diet and removing some things out of your environment. Um, but if you are somebody that needs to be put on thyroid medication, then I would, I, in most naturopaths, I would say probably um, most of us reach for a desiccated thyroid medication. And then they take that like forever? Just depends. It depends. Um, sometimes you can do enough naturally to kind of wean yourself away from it or maybe you don't need to stay on maybe you do but um you can do a lot to support with minerals as well minerals and like some some supplements here and there because this person asked i guys i'm taking questions from instagram you guys sent me like 150 questions so i'm gonna go through like 20, <laughs> 20 of them some of them appropriate some of them not so much i took the best of what i could salvage here uh but the person asked you know uh post-cancer and so I'm assuming it was like a thyroid cancer because they're living without a thyroid. Mm -hmm. Like, is there, and they were asking for, you know, weight management tips. And I'm sure it goes probably. It, yeah, it goes hand in hand with that hypothyroid piece. Well, with that, so if it was a post-cancer, maybe like a post-breast cancer or something where they had received some hormone therapy, uh, maybe some like estrogen blockers or something like that. All of the hormones, so like sex hormones, um, thyroid hormones, adrenal hormones, all of them kind of have to work in synergy. And if one is like totally tanked or one is in abundance and it's, they just really have to be kind of like a symphony and everything has to work together and regulating all of those pieces can often help what the other ones. So if you're adrenal hormones so your cortisol your stress hormone is through the roof sometimes your sex hormones and your thyroid can really take a hit um so balancing out the entire hormone piece together i would say would be a good way for anybody not just post-cancer 
So, I mean, all these things at the end of the day, like it comes down to like your overall lifestyle. Like really, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway. And I, I, this is like the 450th episode we've done. And I feel like I say the same shit um, all the time, but there's nothing else, dude. Like if I knew something better, I would say it. But I'm like, if you eat real food, if you exercise, if you sleep right, if you don't abuse drugs and alcohol and be a complete dipshit, you're probably better off. And obviously everybody is individually different. You might have an idiosyncrasy that you're, you're different from me and vice versa. But at the end of the day, that's the base of all these things, Right. which it's, that's not the answer most people really want to hear yeah unfortunately there's no like easy button there's no secret sauce it's just pretty straightforward um sometimes it's easier said than done but it is what it is and you and you have to be willing to do the work though like it's the one thing i would tell people like i've been sick before um that's why i started doing this in the first place because my body was just so shit Mm -hmm. from partially genetics and then partially from just abusing drugs and alcohol like i'm fucking moron i go but you have to be willing to reverse engineer everything and start from scratch and be like, I'm going to eat this way and train this way. And I'm going to be diligent and kind of monitor it and figure it out until you find something that works. Right. Cause most people want to go to the doctor and this is, and I, this is sad as fuck to hear. And I think we do medicine wrong and I'm not trying to get off track, but we usually don't go to the doctor till we're sick. Right. Until we have a problem, which is not what you should do. It's like, don't start foam rolling and stretching you know, when you're hurt and when mm-hmm. you pull a muscle, it's called corrective exercise for reason or preventative medicine, I guess, if you exactly. will. But, and again, I would tell when you tell it to people, you say, come see me, what, at least once a year? I say, so we do um, labs twice a year. I like that. Mm-hmm. And why would somebody who's listening like, well, I don't ever do that. I go to the doctor maybe once a year for a physical and that's it. And I'm fine. Why would you tell someone to come more often than that, or at least once or at least twice a year? Okay. So if you haven't had labs in a couple of years, how do you know that when you go so you don't like a symptom is a crying out of your body being like this is like hello can we be addressed now get ahead of that so that you don't have to undo so much damage like get ahead of it know where you stand know what your labs say so that if you are somebody that you know pumps out a way too much cholesterol we can know that and understand that and address it ahead of time um or if you are somebody that just kind of rides on the higher end of high blood pressure we know that and it's not situational so we, it's just know your baseline, know where you stand, know where you're at, know your risks. Um, and there are in perfectly healthy people still risk factors to, that can be addressed. So, you know, even if we think we're doing a great job, we might be, but there's still work that can be done. Well, and I think getting a, a, a history of what you are and how your body works over time gives probably the physician like you a ton of material to go on moving mm-hmm. forward. Like, I wouldn't know any of this shit unless I did my own blood work. And then when I get it, I'll look at everything that's off. And I've had physicians before who, no offense, I think are dumb as shit. Um, Because they're not. Like, again, like, you're smart in, like, a a lane sometimes. You know, and I don't mean this of all doctors. Like, I'm an idiot, so what do I know? But they're good at one thing. And especially, like, the, the normal, when you look at medicine, and we have... There's 18 physicians that come here that are clients of ours across the board. Some of them are geniuses and some of them are just like really good at one thing because they don't have a nutrition education. Like they don't know anything about exercise. Like there's there, they don't know anything about supplementation, like, because it's not their practice. Like they're the, they're the ankle guy. Mm -hmm. They, they cut people. They're the dentist. That's one thing. Yeah. And so I used to get advice. I'm like, well, I don't really know if this is accurate because they would tell me, 
well, a dude who's your age, who weighs as much as you, this is what the number should be. And I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but most of the dudes who are my age who come in and weigh what I do, do not look and move and feel like me. So if my creatinine level is mm-hmm. high, but if I was like African-American, it would trend in the right ranges. But because I'm not, it's wrong. Yeah. But yet mine always rides high. Where it's like you would believe this doctor at face value without doing any more work on the back end whatsoever. Right. So that's what I would urge anybody, like if you're listening, like at least go once a year, if, if not mm-hmm. more, to pull your blood work and see it. And then ask questions, yeah. which a lot of people don't. Right. And it's, it's more than just a pill for every ill. Like it's not just, okay, you see this, you, you need to be put on this medication now. It's like, no, ask, there are options. So don't just, you know, if you've never wanted to be on a pharmaceutical, then state that and say, what are my other options? And if they can't give you any, you know, maybe find somebody that can. Well, and for your whole life though. Right. It's here, take this drug until forever. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest, and I'm not bagging on prescription drugs, even though a lot of that industry, I think, is complete bullshit. And it, it's a great business model because it's a reoccurring client forever. Like if I could create something where you guys would buy it like every week, every month, I would sell it too, I guess, and I'd be super fucking rich. <laughs> I go, but it's kind of bullshit. Like the goal should be, yeah, we can, it's like antibiotics if you get super sick and you need them. Like I don't want to take antibiotics forever because I'll be completely fucked up. And over time, it can cause a, a whole myriad of different problems on the road. So with your guys' stance, obviously prescription drugs, they exist. They work for certain people, certain instances, they have to do them. But you kind of tier, if we can get you to not do them, that's the best route. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your body wants to be well innately. Like you have a disposition to be well. We have to just get out of our own ways. So, you know, removing the obstacles to wellness is kind of a concise way to put it. So if your obstacles are, again, your social life the things that you ingest on the weekends like don't be a weekend warrior and think that just organic during the week it's going to be all good and your liver and everything's going to be happy going through a bender on the weekends and so just kind of getting out of your own way doing the most that you can for your body and figuring out what it is that is ailing you and taking that out and if i go on the question list here um in terms of fasting like intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. any of the protocols uh, obviously everybody's different. It's different for women as it is for men, yeah. young kids, grown adults. Do you guys are proponents of it for certain people? Do you ever like suggest it to? Absolutely. Anyone? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that there's some benefit that can be done with just even short intermittent fasts, like 12 hour fast daily. Maybe you're already doing it. Maybe you're not, but, um, intermittent fasting, definitely. Um, if you can be like a 16, eight or an 18, six, sometimes that works really well for people. Sometimes it keeps weight on people. So definitely it's individualized. Um, sometimes prolonged fasts, like a two, three day fast can be really good as well to kind of be like a reset button. Um, there's modified fasting that can be beneficial. Like I said, maybe even like some psyllium husk or some like bone broths, things like that to kind of just do a good reset. So yeah, absolutely. Have you ever fasted for two days? I did one two day fast. Seems like a long time. <laughs> yeah, seems like I mean I've I've been doing I've been fasting for like 13 years uh IF I started mm-hmm. the normal 10 to 6 like 11 to 7 12 to 8 uh now I just eat once a day that I wor- like that yeah it works for me it's easy um and it's usually like 24 hours give or take um I've probably went like 27 28 hours mm-hmm. but I start to get I start to get weird yeah it's just I get I'm just so happy well you have to be and I'm sure you are 
like metabolically flexible going into it. Like you can't just be like standard American diet. You know what? I think I'm going to three day fast. Like that's oh, you're, not, you're fucked, that's dude. not going to be good for you no. or anybody around you. Um, our health coaches actually do a really great program a couple times a year, uh, the healthy heart diet. And they kind of, it's like a 21 day program and they do a really nice job with it of getting you into this place of metabolic flexibility and then coaching you into a 24 hour fast and then, um, ultimately a three day fast. So it's a good way to like learn and ease your way into fasting with, um, some, you know, uh, medical input. Well, when I say like 24 hours to, to people, they're like, Oh, that seems crazy. I'm like, you're still eating every day. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I always do it. So if I went out and I'm going to eat shit on, let's say Saturday, I'm, I'm going to eat Sunday but I'm just going to wait 24 hours yeah. to eat. So you're still eating every day. Right. You just have the gaps in between. For me, it's easier because it's less to manage. It's less chances to fuck up. And I think the average person, they're more successful if they're awake not eating than eating. Uh-huh. It's pretty common. And most people, you if you think about it, you all do it in some context. You eat before you go to sleep, and then you sleep, and then you wake up, and you eat whenever. You're fasting during those hours. Right. You're just extending it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we go hormones, um, this lady asks, what's, what hormone test is common for women in their fifties? Test your hormones. I mean, um, what do you guys usually pull everything? Yeah, I, I, I do it all on just about everybody, men and women, estrogen, progesterone, FSH, L, well, this is women, um, estrogen, progesterone, LH, FSH, uh, let's see, cortisol. Um, yeah, I would start with that. Um, I do blood. You can do like a dried urine. Um, there are different ways to test. Um, oh, and we do like DHEA, SHBG, some other, just full picture, get the big, broad, broad scope. And dudes, I'm assuming it's comparable testosterone, to testosterone. free testosterone, um, PSA, we still measure estrogen, um, SHBG, DHEA. And if you guys have dudes who are low, like what do you? First, I would Because you guys, say, you guys aren't, a, you're not a hormone therapy clinic. No, I mean, but it comes with the territory you know so if some guys comes in and he's like he's 35 and his testosterone is 197 Mm -hmm. you're like you're screwed dude (laughs) you got to get on some you got to get on some shit well i'd be fired from him as a doctor if i said that yeah but uh no i would say start by you know definitely like you know in a gym definitely better um because that's super low demand that's that's super super low low. for a dude that's super low even for like a 70 year old man yeah um so yeah, muscular, increasing muscular demand. There are some things that can be done with, you know, hormone or um, some different herbs and stuff. Like natural testosterone? Uh, yeah, I would say, well, herbs can be like supportive. Yeah. But I would say like a bioidentical, you know, definitely would be like um, in our in our practice, we do like sometimes some injections or pellets if need be. And is there like any like, uh, if someone's like, well, I don't want to do, they're just on the fence. Like it, it, it was so weird because we used to make... Like hormone replacement therapy or TRT, I guess you we would vilify it, mm-hmm. and and now it's become pretty fucking common. Oh yeah, it's pretty basic. And the the as the more research comes out, and there's so many people who do it now, and they've gotten so much better at it. But if someone is like really leery of it, they're like oh, I don't want to you know do injections or mm-hmm. that's not my thing. Is there anything they can do to boost it outside of that? Increasing muscle mass would be first and foremost, um, which without without testosterone is like hard as shit to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's kind of a hard cycle to break out of, but then, you know, getting rid of plastics in your arena. So they can, like I said, be estrogen mimicking. Um, so definitely getting plastics and the junk out of your environment 
and uh, picking up some weights, increasing, you know, muscular demand, getting a good sleep cycle, all of the things that really encompass a healthy lifestyle um, come first and foremost. And why is it like, I, th- I mean, is this always been an issue? And maybe you don't know, like, we never talked about this 50 years ago. And we didn't, obviously, medicine has come, let's take a different planet, you know, from 50 years ago. Everything has technology, yeah. you name it. But I feel like you didn't hear it as much. And now you're hearing people have, their hormones are so fucking jacked at such an early age compared to what I think it was like 50 years ago. Is that, I'm sure the ups of the plastic increases, the environmental stress we have of like work, we're in this, because what we do is not healthy in my opinion. And and this is coming from me and I've I've worked a hundred hours a week for like over a decade. And now I'm getting to the point where I don't have to do as much stupid shit like I used to do, but I'm guilty of it too. We've created this society where we're just always fucking on the go. Mm -hmm. We're always working. We're always doing more. We're always pushing is that a factor in it too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's part of the stress hormone piece. So you, all of your hormones have to work all in balance. And if your stress hormone is just ripping through all of these hormones and kind of like a precursor, so like an upstream to cortisol, you know, steals all of the pregnenolone and anyway, all these different pathways. But yes, short answer, yes. Um, we trend towards the sympathetic nervous system, which is this fight or flight um or freeze mode and that's just this cortisol is coursing through our veins all the time so we just get stuck in this i'm being chased by a lion all the time and we're not it's just life i think i read that too somewhere where that feeling we only used to have it like a couple times a year Mm -hmm. and now we have it every single day used to be very episodic and now it's traffic it's relationship conflicts it's day-to-day job it's upcoming deadlines it's omnipresent now it's crazy because like none of this could exist without technology and the things we have and even i'm like a victim of it i don't want to say a victim that's a wrong word um but i'm like imprisoned by it even though it's fucking amazing but like with instagram with the podcast with it's constant and if we're not always constantly doing it like we're irrelevant and you can't really get away from it anymore we've created a different we're not fighting animals anymore and like for survival we have a different set of problems Mm -hmm. which now we're not getting killed by you know bears in the woods but now we're dealing with our bodies being kind of fucked up by our lifestyle choices that sadly it's like this game we're kind of all stuck in yeah yeah and the constant blue light exposure the constant like emfs um just everything around us is constantly we're always on and always going and there's no not like this whole where it used to be just rise with the sun set you go to sleep a couple hours after it because what else are you going to do it's pitch black so mirroring the patterns and the light of the sun is definitely something that i recommend for patients as well is you know this morning blue light is great so get out get your morning sun exposure you know it keeps you it makes you alert makes you cognitively quick But then as the sun kind of in the afternoon gets to set and it's this orangey pink and all that, that's when you need to throw on some blue blocking lenses and get some blackout curtains so you sleep well and you're not having light coming in. And I would say making your sleep like a bear, make it cold, make it dark, um, just kind of getting back to this, you know, paleo way of living and sleeping. Well, it's crazy too because I've read a thing where it was not just the sunrise, sunset, but they said like the temperature too, mm-hmm. like how your body should kind of wake up and go to sleep with it, which sounds super cool, except like in the wintertime when I come here at like 
4.40 in the morning and it's dark as shit. And I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> Which I don't have an answer for people who like work the night shift or work these odd hours. I mean, what do you tell someone who does work like a weird schedule? Is there any way for them to mimic any? I mean, they're screwed. Well, the good thing about technology is that we can modify a lot of our surroundings. So, you know, if you've got an iPhone, you know, it comes with night shift. So I would say kind of doing that backwards, right? So maybe blue light exposure, um, you know, d- mimicking your orange and blue light as much as you can to make that a more regular thing and mimicking a natural sleep wake cycle. Um, but ultimately your cognitive function does go along with that. So if you're a night shift worker, you don't want to be down when the sun is down and you're trying to function and trying to work and be productive at work. So doing what you need to for your cognitive function and mirroring the light and wake sleep wake cycles with that. And with sleep stuff, when you tell people, is this a normal six, seven, eight, you know, quality hours of like restorative sleep? Is it more? Is it less? Uh, yeah, I would say eight is a good, good mid range. Um, making sure, you know, are, do you snore getting that assessed? Cause that leads to, if you're not getting enough oxygen when you're sleeping, that's a, that's a stressor on your body. So then that's why when often patients will be like, oh yeah, I sometimes just wake up and like, are you waking up gasping for air because you're snoring and you're not getting enough oxygen? So we uh, do like a home sleep test and come to find out a lot of these patients with high blood pressure, it's just sleep apnea. And that's like, uh, do you suggest there's like sleep aids they take, anything natural? or? Is it just... Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some good sleep aids. It's not going to help with the apnea, but um, definitely good sleep aids out there. So like melatonin, theanine, things that can kind of calm your brain and some of that mind chatter. Um those are some of my favorites, like lemon balm, some really some good herbs out there, kava, passionflower, valerian root. Just not the hardcore shit. No, not the hardcore stuff. I, want- I mean, then downstream, then you end up with like a really significantly increased rate of dementia. I one time took like, what was it? One of the hardcore ones, like Lunesta mm-hmm. or Ambien maybe. Ambien. Oh my God, dude. Now, I've done like real drugs. Uh, Ambien was like, I can't believe they fucking sell that shit. Oh, and it's so common. I was like awake, but not really awake. Mm -hmm. But it was like you were almost like on mushrooms or something. Like you're tripping out, but you're you're there, but you're not there. That's scary. And you still don't sleep like great. At least I didn't. It was weird. Well, you probably wake up feeling like you got hit by a truck. Uh, It's almost, well, it's like you ever took Benadryl? Mm-hmm. and like woke up mm-hmm. it's like you're a fucking zombie yeah like it, it's almost that feeling but worse i'm like who could do this well yeah and that's why i mentioned cognitive impairment because a lot of people benadryl was originally used as a sleep aid like way back when it was well, i mean it puts you to sleep for sure yeah um and it just comes to be a histamine blocker as well and it works great when it is necessary but um if you use it chronically as a sleep aid then it really does hinder your um increases your rate of dementia that's crazy too mm-hmm but yeah, they don't really. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're trying to get good sleep to help your brain patterns. And then you're doing that downstream. So just use something natural. There are so many options out there. There's a lot of stuff. And I've noticed too, when I take like, we'll do like, we work with these guys at beam, like they have a, like a CBD product, but it's melatonin. Steaming. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Um, I do find my sleep latency. Like I don't wake up nearly as often mm-hmm. um, as I used to. There's a lot of stuff, though. It's, it's weird because you look at people say, well, I have a couple of drinks and it helps me fall asleep or like they'll do like a shit ton of edibles or smoke a ton of weed and it will help them fall asleep. I'm not arguing that it doesn't help you fall asleep, but everything I have like read and seen, they say the sleep quality yeah. is not good. Yep. And that's what like uh, people say, oh, I have a nightcap. 
like a cocktail at the end of the evening. And yeah. yeah, it'll make you fall asleep. But then your sleep actually, after that wears off, maybe a couple of hours, then you end up, you do wake up, you have this kind of like anxiety, your cortisol is pumping and you wake up with some palpitations, feel like your heart's racing and overall shouldn't have had the nightcap. Well, I've noticed that too. Like if you do like uh, like edibles, like a, a, a decent amount, like like it stays with you. Yeah. Like when you wake up, like it's not really like you're gone. At least like that's been my experience like yeah. from back in the day. I just feel like that's too, and if you, especially if you have to wake up early and be a real person, right? Like it's tough to do. That's why I ask like the natural stuff for most people if it's if it's a better option. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. This lady asked the best way to address adrenal fatigue especially for a postpartum. I have no clue. Okay. So I would say, well, for postpartum really, what is it? What is adrenal fatigue? I've heard it described like a handful of different ways. Some people like, oh, this is bullshit. This is this. Like, how do you guys? So adrenal fatigue. So your adrenal glands are sitting on top of your kidneys and they pump out all kinds of different hormones. But, um, so stress hormone cortisol comes out of your adrenal glands. And when you're chronically stressed out, chronically, like from your kids mm-hmm. or like, <laughs> yeah. like work life. or everything. Life is stressful. And when you don't have good stress management and you're persistently pumping out cortisol, um, then you can end up with adrenal fatigue. So you have a period of time where your cortisol is really, really elevated, but then it's like your adrenals can start puttering along and then you're left with little to nothing coming out of your adrenal glands. So for example, like a normal morning cortisol would be like a 12. After I finished medical school, I tested my morning cortisol and it was a six. So medical school is not good for your adrenal glands. So the lower the number, the worse. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. I mean, you don't want to be like 25 either. Yeah. So there's a good sweet spot. So I would definitely say I have a lot of my patients do a cortisol times four test, which is a spit test. And we give you mail you whatever if you're here locally we would hand you or mail you a set of four tubes which you put your saliva in at four different points of the day and we get your salivary cortisol because it should have this nice high point in the morning where your cortisol should be nice and high get you out of bed get you going and then taper in the afternoon so and then be really low in the evening so that you can drift off to sleep and so you should kind of mirror this with like a um, circadian rhythm your sleep wake cycle Um, So when we do the cortisol times four, we can get a good pattern of what your cortisol looks like and take it from there. So if you're really high cortisol, then we don't want to do something that's going to boost your cortisol. So knowing where you stand first and foremost, or if you're really high, then we do something to kind of like pump the brakes on it a little bit. And this is just caused by environmental stress. It can be by the food you eat. How, what? what? It can be affected by everything, um, you know the balance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nerve nervous system is really critical to that though. So if you are, you know, a type A personality and everything is always of the utmost importance and you just never let anything go, then you're going to be somebody that's chronically stressed and maybe this is you're you're still riding high on this high cortisol, but maybe you're beyond that and your cortisol is really really kind of low. So basically the key is just like, don't give a fuck about stuff and you'll be fine. <laughs> well, that... and, and like I said, practicing good stress management. So there is good stress and there is some that it's just like, yeah, let it go. And having good stress management, like, you know, I can sit here and say that a couple hours of meditation is going to be wonderful for you. And it's really good for everybody. And if you can meditate, but do things that are stress relieving. So just suppressing and like packing it in, the issues are going to, 
reside in the tissues and they're, it's not going anywhere. So let some things go, you know, go for a run, lift some weights, throw something, sing, whatever you might have to do, do some yoga, woo-saw, and just um, have some good stress management in, in place. Don't just swallow your problems deep no. down, bury them. No. I'm really good at that. I feel like that's been a good option this far <laughs> until one day I come in here and just go fucking crazy or something. <laughs> well, and a lot of people, it's like, you know, I, I get home from work and no, I just want to like flip on the TV. It's, it's stress. It's stress relieving. It's like, no, it's not. It's still sitting there simmering. So just because you're not thinking about it doesn't mean you're relieving it. So stress management. So managing it, not just pushing it down and suppressing. And having like some kind of escapism of like what makes you just chill the hell out. Yeah. Like away from technology, mm-hmm. maybe. Absolutely. Because I think a lot, and this is my two cents, and I'm an idiot, and what do I know? But I feel like when people like watch the news consistently, oh gosh. like that has to like stress you the hell out. Even if you don't think it does, I don't think our brains are equipped to watch like the global news. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is, I'm not saying don't be educated. You guys pick your news sources <laughs> how you want. It's not for me to, to tell you what to do. But imagine if you watched it all day. Fox, CNN, MSNBC, not just like in America, but worldwide, all of the shit and horrible stuff that goes on, because that's all they really share. But that's not your world, though, because right. if, if you told me like the world is going to shit and that's what you showed me today, fine. But I look outside here in Scottsdale, it's sunny and I'm like, there is no problems. So it's like I do think, again, coming back to the things you consume. Right. And some personalities can handle that. And, you know, maybe you're one of them and you want to have the news on all the time. But I will say when I see like my blood pressure patients, for example, when they, when I send them home with a blood pressure log and I'm like, okay, take your blood pressure every day for a week and send it back to me. It says explicitly on there, turn off the news, put down your phone and do that. Sit quietly for three to five minutes and just be before you take your blood pressure. And I don't think people like even identify sometimes like that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Like they're in this cycle of like, oh, I'm, this is just what I do. And to be honest, like I don't. I don't follow politics. I don't watch the news. I don't give a shit. I'm like, I always figure I just got to show up and make money and eat right. And the rest of it's going to work itself out. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. It really is. But like last year, I was in this boat of like, well, I need to watch the news so I can know what bullshit is going on and what I can and can't fucking do apparently. And I noticed like the more I did that, the worse I felt like what I would, if I would get on you know, Twitter and we live on social. So I'm like, I, I can't escape it completely, but I'd watch these things. And I'm like, I feel like shit mm-hmm. when I listen to some updates or even there's now at the point where I'm like, there's movies that I won't watch. Cause I'm like, it just seems like it's going to stress me mm-hmm. out. Like it seems negative. Like my wife will watch like, not like lifetime shit, but kind of like lifetime. And it's always like, it's always like some woman getting beat or something <laughs> or like someone got fucking murdered. And I'm like, why do I want to watch That's this? Uplifting. No, like this seems super depressing. So now I just, I've noticed that about myself even. I'm like, but if I was bombarded by that all day, it would really wear me down. And I have to imagine to jack my hormones up like, or, yeah. or put them in a different place that right. they shouldn't be in. Uh, this person asked how to get rid of hormonal acne. They said they already eat good and they've tried antibiotics and all creams. And now what, what eating good means is who knows. So usually when it's a skin issue, it starts in the gut um, and hormones. You want to see where you're at. So definitely testing your hormones and, you know, a clean diet. That can mean different things to different people. So it's usually not a topical issue. So antibiotics and creams, maybe you did a bunch of antibiotics and your gut has taken a hit. And that's really kind of furthered things along this path. So I would say healing up your gut, absolutely balancing out your hormones, 
Um, but getting some good uh, lab testing and seeing where your hormones currently stand um, and starting with that. And the same thing with like psoriasis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting with the gut for psoriasis, absolutely. And psoriasis what, and eczema. And when you say like antibiotics in the gut, like what does it do if a person is just, you know, they've been on multiple rounds of antibiotics? Like that messes with like your gut bacteria, Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. And it, We're it, supposed it, to have this nice, healthy balance of different bacteria in our gut. And there are trillions of bacteria in us, on us, but especially in our gut. Like it's, I mean, it's its own immune system. Like we work symbiotically with these bugs in our gut and anything and everything can affect our microbiome. And a lot of what we do is just balancing out that microbiome and um, kind of seeing where it's at. So we do like some, um, some stool analysis here and there if, if need be, but healing up the gut, giving the gut some good bacteria, probiotic foods are really good. So like sauerkraut, kimchi, some good probiotic foods can definitely be helpful as well. Kefirs, mm-hmm. the real yogurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys prescribe probiotics to people? Oh yeah. Um, and do you, is it like, uh, <clears throat> do you ever cycle them through or do you just someone to get on one? Cause I've heard people no, say, definitely well, cycle them. Yeah. You want a good, like array of different things. If you're eating the same food every single day, you're not getting a good spectrum. So switch it up, finish one bottle or jar or whatever it might be, box, get something else. Because there are so many out there now. So many. And uh, most of them are, le- well, some of them are legit. Some of them some are of legit. Them are shit. I would say getting a definitely a trusted source. So we have a couple that we carry. Um, I would say like a good kind of maintenance dose would be $25 billion. Um a high dose would be like a hundred billion, two hundred, sometimes three hundred billion, depending on the case. And does the strands? Strains matter, yeah. So we've um, got oh. one that's heart specific. Um, some that are just you know broad and just well studied. Some that can be good for um, you know females in particular. Some that are more beneficial for mood. Some that are better for. Um, elderly people. So absolutely. Um, and there's so much research coming out on different strains in particular. Like lacto bifido, mm-hmm. like the good shit. Yeah. You want to have one that's, you know, at least well-rounded with lacto bifido. Um, some of the different, um, micro spores and some like that can be good as too, good as well. There is, um, I think anytime, and I rarely knock on wood, get sick. Uh, but I remember like we traveled a ton and was actually in Barcelona and I was like the sickest I'd been in a long time. I came from a men's health shoot. My body was super depleted. I looked great, but I was like the unhealthiest I've ever been. And, uh, you notice like they don't do the medicine the same. Right. And so when you go to like the, ph- the pharmacia, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't speak English, which does not help me because I do not know anything other than English, but even asking for like cough medicine, it's not the same. They don't do NyQuil. They no. give you like a maple syrup and it doesn't fucking do anything. <laughs> but I remember every time from then on, they do make a probiotic. I think Sprouts has it. Maybe it's Garden of Life makes it. But it's like the most hardcore one ever. It's like 400 billion. And it's like, the, but it's only for five days. Yeah. And it's a powder form and you take it. Yeah. I do. I'm a believer in those things. Absolutely. And even, I'm sure you guys too, with uh, like the stuff you can get, um, like the key, like, uh, like a Kavita or the kombuchas. Yeah. If you guys are fans of those, mm-hmm. like the live cultures you can get in there. Yeah. Anywhere you can get them in your gut is good. And the average person who comes into you probably doesn't take anything. Some do. And then some I'm like, okay, well, can I see it? 
because not all supplements are created equal. You really want to buy from somewhere that's like third party tested and you know what you're getting because otherwise you can be ingesting a bunch of crap that's sending you in the wrong direction. But I'll often look at the back of what they are taking and it's like 2.5 billion. Like, okay, well, we're going to need to reroute this a little bit or maybe they are on a good one and still you want to switch it up. Well, it's weird because I've sat at uh, like the buyer meetings, like I've been to Vitamin Shops headquarters, Secaucus, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I've been privy to sit in these meetings with people. And the weird thing is they talk about shelf space and shelf life and the rules around a lot of these supplements. I don't think people understand. It's, I don't want to say the Wild West, but it's not regulated like no. you think it is. And even if it was, that wouldn't really give me any more faith in it. But they say like by the time you can get some of these probiotics stamped at the facility. But by the time it actually makes it to the store and the time you buy it, like it can be so basically dead in the water. Yeah. That's why I do say like, sometimes you get what you pay for. And most of these, and when you look on like, if it's, I'm not here to plug Amazon or anybody, but if you're buying certain things, just look at the company's track record overall and like in where they're getting it from, who's, who's running it. And then obviously if you have a physician who's recommending it, I'm assuming they know what they're talking right. about, but it is true. Cause some of these things you're taking are complete dog shit. Oh, and it's, it's hard because I, you know, I want patients to get the most for their money. And it's like, if I'm recommending, recommending so many different supplements, which I really try to streamline, I'm not somebody that's going to have you choking down 75 capsules a day. Yeah. So even still, you know, supplements are expensive. Good supplements are expensive. Cheap supplements are just that. So when they're like, oh, well, can I just order it online? I'm like, I'd rather you not. I'd rather you say I can afford this dollar amount and I will recommend you the ones that we have in our supplement store because these are vetted. They're pharmaceutical grade. They're clean products. I know that they know what's going in this and it's, it's worth the money. It absolutely is. We tell these guys the same thing. Like the guys we work with, like we know everybody. Like mm-hmm. we know Jay, we know Chris, we know Matt, Kevin, like we, everybody at these companies, like I've been to the facilities, like I'd be way richer if I sold you guys way more bullshit, but, um, <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, almost done here. Uh, the, um, is there a best natural sunscreen? I would say anything like mineral based. Um, again, just thinking about, you don't always need to like have on a bunch of sunscreen if you're only going in the sun for what's like sun bum. Is there shit real? Um, I don't know. Sure. I don't, they have a mineral one, which I would say like a zinc or titanium oxide or something like that. Okay. Um, which ones is like the ones that are probably not great? Um, anything like, honestly, I hate to say it like copper tone, all the ones that you're going to buy in most places. So like how badger, dare, how, how dare you? I know I had my mom literally throw out a bottle of one and she was like, I just bought this. It was $21. I'm like, well, sorry, but your skin is your largest organ and you're just slathering it in garbage. So it is what it is. Well, it's crazy to me too, where people, and again, like I'm a health person, I take it super serious, but I also go by it's, it's the volume, right? Like, so we did a podcast on like diet soda and people are like, Jeremy, do you drink a diet soda? I'm like, once in a while I will. Yeah. And I'm like, if that's the worst thing I do and that's, what's going to kill me, fuck it. Like, I don't really care, but we, we look vilify these things. I go, you're telling me that if I drink this diet Coke at a dinner one night, like I'm going to die. I go, yeah you guys are rubbing all this shit all over your skin. And I don't want to, I'm not going to say women here, but they wear way more makeup than dudes do. And I'm like, what the fuck is in that stuff? Oh, I know. And you don't have any idea. And not, and like Botox and all these other things like, and I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm like, do it. I go, but we, sometimes we put certain things in a pedestal and then we vilify other things where it's like when you're rubbing, like your deodorant, 
we don't know what the hell is in half of these things. Right. And we don't know the long-term effects. I said this before about food. That's why I'm not a fan of like the eat every, the thermic effect of food. Eat every like three hours. It'll speed up your metabolism, all this stuff. Yeah, it does technically in a way, but not to enough to where the calories are going to offset the food you're putting in. And we don't know like what happens when you eat every two hours for a hundred years because we've only done that since right. like the 90s. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's strange to me to hear people say like, well, you can never, I eat everything organic, but yet I'm going to put all this shit on my skin where mm-hmm. I really have no clue where it comes from. No. And like you mentioned, like beauty products, I, again, we'll send you the article I just wrote on this and some flip your labels. So some things to look out for on your labels, again, um, like parabens and phthalates, like there's solvents and plasticizers and just all kinds of junk in a lot of these products anymore. And you can sometimes avoid them and sometimes it's harder to, but if you get like natural products, you're in a better position than if you're just like shopping off of a standard commercial shelf. So avoiding as much as you can um, and just shopping for like more natural products. But again, searching for some of these kind of terminologies that have popped up on labels that aren't not going to be good for you. It's just tough, man, because you have to be, it's a full-time job. It is. It's hard. Like just to try to, what, what, can I eat this? Can I not eat that? Can I wear that deodorant? Can I put that kind of shampoo? Like you drive yourself crazy. I know. So I would tell people if you can get, obviously like we do episodes like this, hopefully to help you. And then if you can find a legit physician who, I don't want to say gives a shit. Cause I think I'm assuming they all do. But there's always always a financial motive behind everything. Yeah. And I hate to sound like jaded and like not trust people. And, and I'm not a conspiracy person, but a lot of it is money driven with a lot of these mm-hmm. things. And that's just the sad reality of being in the real world. Well, and often you can just like do less. Yeah, you can maybe go out and buy the most organic, clean products, but do less also. Like if you can't find a good moisturizer, get some organic coconut oil and slather away. Um, you know, sunscreen, if you get a hat or eat some good quality fish. So, you know, do less. And people will always be like, oh, well, you know, I have a hard time finding foods when I'm traveling. Skip a meal. Well, and again, like I would tell people, you know, if the worst thing you're eating is like not an organic apple, you're right, dude. Like it's better than you like crushing Doritos. Right. We do usually give these guys a list here, like the Dirty Dozen Clean 15, mm-hmm. where again, if you guys want access to it, I'm happy to send it to you or just go on the site. We'll pop it up there. But there is things like that where you can have access to certain things. But if you're eating real food, even if it's not the most organic, you're still 10,000 years ahead of the person who's just crushing pizza and beer every single day. Absolutely. And the Environmental Working Group is a great resource for that. So EWG.org has a lot of these. I think they even have like beauty product lists. I think that's where we got our list Yeah, they created the Dirty Dozen Clean 15. So that's a really great resource to, and it's always updated. So it's nice. Nice. Um, the last one I'll ask is this person asked like on, um, genetic testing and like the wellness protocols for nutrition stuff, different things. I know you guys, I've been on the site, you offer a bunch of different stuff Mm -hmm. for people, I guess the, a handful of the most common ones. And any, even if they don't live in Arizona, you guys do a lot of mail stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. We mail kits all over the country. So if it's a blood draw, we can get you a contracted, blood draw center that works with us um a lot of times though we can do like a urine or a dried blood spot so you'll just prick your finger and put it on this palette and mail it in and then we get the results and we can talk about those results so um as far as like genetic testing prescribing wellness protocols so 
to each their own and again back to epigenetics so just because your genes say x y and z doesn't mean you flip that switch on or off so your environment your habits everything should be taken into account so just doing some testing and seeing where you're at you know there are a lot of different testing that we can do and kind of take it from there when you can kind of change a lot of this like where people will say well naturally i'm this naturally i'm that and i'm not arguing that but over time you can change how your body reacts and looks like there's friends of ours I always use BJ Gadur as an example. Like he's one of the best in fitness and I wouldn't be here without him. I grew up, you know, when he's 17, he's 300 pounds. I'm probably 150 pounds. Now we are about the same size and now we look the same. We eat about the same. I have trained my body differently mm-hmm. and, and so has he, but we kind of meet in the same space now because over years he's kind of changing the evolution of what his body naturally would have done if, if it would have been basically unchecked. Right. Which a lot of you guys can change what's going on with your body over time. If you eat a certain way, sleep a certain way, train a certain way, you're not, I guess what I'm saying, stuck. Right. And a lot of people think that. And I don't know who said it, so I'm not taking credit for this quote, but um, your genetics are the gun and your environment and your lifestyle pull the trigger. And that is very true. So you are not just predisposed for this and it's going to happen like you are very much in the driver's seat that's actually a pretty badass quote right i wish i knew who said it i wish i would have thought of that too (laughs) me too too, but i can't take credit for it um and we're going to give away something here we are so yeah a lot of the specialty testing that we do is through vibrant wellness and vibrant america and i am happy to be able to offer so i did a lot of talk about environmental toxins environmental testing um mycotoxins from molds so i was offered to give away a free triple toxin panel to a lucky listener so um anybody can get this test and one person is going to get it for free so it's usually 399 dollars for one toxin panel we offer a bundled price uh 697 dollars for all three but one person can get that 697 dollars value for free so that measures your heavy metals your mycotoxins and your environmental toxins um, all in one test and that is a kit that can be mailed to your home so anybody in the u.s can win this if you email an entry to health at naturalheartdoctor.com and just use the subject line jsf entry um, enter before August 20th and on August 20th, we will pick a random winner and there is so much awesome information that can come from it. And maybe you're like, Oh crap. I have a lot of plastic in my environment or my basement smells like mold. And I probably do have some mold toxicity or maybe you're like, you know what? I've got this brain fog or these chronic allergies. And I want to figure out if one of these toxins is contributing, um, I run it on just about every patient that I can, and it provides a lot of great information. So I would love to be able to offer that to somebody. I dig that. I'll put that um, in the show notes for you guys. I'll throw it on uh, Instagram as well. I'll pop it in my story, and then maybe we'll put it on email. If you guys are on the newsletter, which almost all of you are, uh, I'll put it out uh, probably like Wednesday, like August 11th. It'll come out. Um, so you can fill it out. It'll be easy if you missed any of that stuff when you're there. Where can these um, Where can these guys like stalk you and be weird? <laughs> so um, we can do – so our Facebook group, we have a private Facebook group. 
um, natural heart doctor, natural heart doctor with a couple of underscores in there on Instagram. My sort of personal, sort of not that personal is uh, Dr. Latanza on Instagram and, uh, you know, naturalheartdoctor.com and uh, the local office is Wolfson Integrative Cardiology or the Doctors Wolfson. So I will give all of the links and all of the things. Perfect. I'll throw this in the show notes too. Um, so if you guys want to message her, if you have questions, just don't be a creep show. And uh, we should be okay. The internet's a weird place. So yeah, I got to say that always. Just get to the bottom of your health. If you need help with that, I would say just don't settle for feeling less than optimal. It's a lot of stuff, dude. That's yeah. good. Anything else? Oh, you know, we could go down any number of bunny holes, but another this, time maybe. This is a lot. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot. There's a lot of stuff like I had not heard before either and known. So I dig it. Now I can cool. act like I'm a little bit smarter. Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully you guys are too. Um, that was dope. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys are listening, um, always again, reminder, 47 day transformations kicking off 47 day transformation.com. If you guys want to check it out, hit me up like in the next 24 hours. Um, otherwise we're closing it down until next year. And as always shout out to our homies at athletic greens, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order or hit me up and I'll have Monica send you guys a pack hundred percent for free. That'll be on us. Um, and if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Just go to the podcast app, scroll your finger all the way down, drop it a five-star, leave a comment. And honestly, if you guys think this can help anybody, your friends or family, your mom, dad, brother, sister, cousins, whoever you know, maybe they're trying to be healthier or they have some you know, questions about stress or hormones or just overall nutrition and they could use some information like this, pass it along because the casket effect you guys have by doing that goes a lot further than you can even imagine. So, doctor, thank you. Absolutely. And if there's more that you want to delve into, we also do the Healthy Heart Podcast, myself and Dr. Jack Wolfson, who is a board certified cardiologist. So we dive into all of the fun things. Thank you so much for having me. You got it, man. I'll throw all that stuff in the show notes for you guys so you won't miss it. And again, I'll pump it out all in the newsletter on Wednesday, August 11th. You guys will see that. And if you guys need some before that, just hit us up and we will get to you then. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.